everywhere immigrants have enriched and strengthened the fabric of American life. John F. Kennedy. Chapter 11, Invest in People, Places, and Things. When I semi-retired from my family construction business in my mid-20s, after one of the local labor unions effectively stole our employees, I embarked on a personal development journey that included searching for what it was that I wanted to do next. I knew I had tremendous potential, excuse me, and I was adaptable and in tune with where the entrepreneurship world was headed. Moreover, I could see that around that time, the takeover was happening to my family business. More and more people were beginning to build businesses and earn a living using the internet. Even though we had built a specialized and unique business in the construction industry that was poised to begin generating eight figures over the next three years, I also knew money wasn't everything. In the year leading up to the hostile takeover of our company, the companies we were subcontracting with all had a change of management all at once. The owners who were of retirement age passed ownership of their businesses to their sons. It was a unique time in that corner of the construction industry because this rarely happened every 30 to 40 years, I would say. Perhaps this happened to you. But I got to a point in my life where I was being observant about these changes of management happening to our partner companies. And it made me question myself, is this going to be me in 15 years? I had been working, contributing and helping my family live their Canadian dream since I was 11. By the time I had this, what I call (laughs) a quarter life crisis, I had been earning a living for 15 years. So when the opportunity came up to travel and leave All the unsolvable issues back in Toronto and let everyone else who ran us out of the industry fight it out amongst themselves. I took it. Our construction company did not own or store any heavy machinery or materials. Our employees were a crossover between architects and carpenters. They had tool belts, hard hats and work boots, but all the machinery our company owned could fit in a hundred square foot room. Everything our company did was brain work. It was math, angle, shape, formulas, and nothing we did needed a tool or a machine that was larger than a bowling ball. Our company's biggest assets were our brains and those of our employees, their brains. So when the opportunity arose to help my folks retire back to the old country and start anew with Melissa in a different industry, I took it. In the years that followed, we began testing and building different variations of what it is now our primary business. So in addition to helping Canadian business owners and entrepreneurs escape Canada, we also help beauty professionals and salon owners and beauty schools in the U.S. grow their companies. I do this, all of it, from a single laptop and have done so until 2020 when we applied for a U.S. E2 entrepreneurial visa for the first time and our request was denied. There's a reason why I'm telling you this story. It's because we now live in a day and age where it's sexy and appealing to start a business from home. I have met countless entrepreneurs who make millions of dollars each using the internet to build their companies and add value to the marketplace. That being said, U.S. government immigration laws lack behind the world of entrepreneurship by many years. Stick to the business visa requirements. Many of the U.S. visas were created long before the existence of the Internet. For example, the E-2 visa, which most Canadians will seek to qualify for, has been around since 1952. 
Some people would argue that it was revamped back in 1981, but that's not the point. The point is these entrepreneurial visas in the U.S. are not being adapted to the present day business environment as fast as they could be and should be. The concept of self-employment under the basis of an E-2 visa has only been welcomed by the USCIS starting in 2021. The provisions were there and stated that you could apply for an entrepreneur visa and be self-employed. Still, the primary purpose of the E-2 visa is for you to make an executive or become a manager and not an employee of your own business. Even though they allow you to be employed and take a personal salary once approved for an E-2, the minimum requirement of five employees does not include you, even though the rules say they do. Please speak to an attorney about this very specific thing, thing, sorry, when the time comes. So when we applied and were denied the first time initially, we had a lot going against us when immigration officials consider the application, even our desire and plans to employ U.S.-based remote employees were frowned upon in 2020, but accepted now in 2021. The spirit of the visa requirements is from a time when the Internet did not exist. To immigration officials, a small business means a physical location for, for employees to commute daily and work inside a brick-and-mortar retail, commercial, or industrial. But as far as we can tell, the pandemic essentially forced the USCIS... Okay, the entire Department of Homeland Security really to go off the script here, even the consulate and the embassy to change their stance on businesses and how they hire U.S. workers. Still, the one thing that hasn't changed is the requirement for you to have a brick and mortar location, something physical that you can call your business office, at least in the eyes of immigration law. Note, we thought a physical location for our business would not be necessary to attain an E-2 visa from the USCIS because the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, the tax man does not require foreigners who wish to build a U.S. corporation to even be present in the United States. And that goes for Canadians, too. So if you plan on running an online business only business, you can do so from Canada. But that would not be enough to qualify you for a long term business visa. And to go off the script here, this actually came up during our interview in 2022 at the consulate when. We were asked, you know, we, we, we hit all the criteria, we hit all the requirements, and then, and then we got hit with this. I call it a checkmate question. And the officer goes, I understand all that, but you have an online business. So why can't you just do this from Canada? And why do you even need an E2 visa if you can just run this business from Canada? So all of a sudden, okay. What I just said about having to, you know, not being uh, online business friendly, all of a sudden in recent, you know, 18 months, it changed. I mean, I answered the question correctly because I told him what the truth was. But look, the best way that our immigration attorney presented it to us when we asked them what it is that the USCIS wants in order for uh, for them to grant you an E-2 visa, he said they want you to invest in people, places and things. How to search for an ideal space for your business. When you first begin the process of applying for an e-visa while you're still lawfully in the U.S., even if you're outside of Canada, it is very common after you apply within those two weeks to receive a response, which is called a request for additional evidence or an RFE. Before you are given a final answer on your application, the USCIS or the consulate, typically not in all cases, sends you an acknowledgement letter in the form of an RFE, which 
also request that you submit additional documentation as evidence that you believe supports your application. The consulate, they don't call it an RFE. They call it a 221G. In other words, they come back with an acknowledgement of your filed application, and they also offer you an initial response to the initial evidence you submitted. This is a USCIS. Then they give you a second chance to fill in the holes they found in your petition, a.k.a. your application, before giving you a final approval or a denial response. When we were denied the first time, it was because of approximately eight different reasons, all of which were tied to the places and people requirements that we did not meet. Okay. For example, when we first applied, we didn't know that we should have hired U.S. business-based employees, leased commercial space, and opened a brick-and-mortar location, in our case, an office space. Within the last 60 days of our initial six-month status, we had to commit to a place and finalize a three-year lease agreement. This meant having an office, which we pay for monthly, even if we had to exit the country and return later. I know it doesn't make sense, but even if you leave the country, you still have to show that your U.S. business is running and you're keeping the investment going. In addition, finding employees in the middle of a pandemic, huh, that's laughable, when everybody else was receiving government benefits or or hanging on to their jobs for dear life, that was very difficult and we had no success with it. We scouted everywhere we could for local U.S. employees in Southern California, but the specialized positions we needed to hire for, people were unwilling to commute. So ultimately, we submitted a response to their request for additional evidence from the USCIS with what we could, but it wasn't enough. We later consulted with our attorney, who said that even though the visa rules specify you must hire five people within the first five years, they would prefer you hire them all in the first year. So you need to be aware of this. And it doesn't mean that you won't be able to find employees for whatever business you decide to start in the U.S. That was just us. For example, if you purchase an existing business, which I said earlier in the book that I don't recommend, with at least five employees, you will probably meet the places and people criteria as long as the company's profitable. This is something your attorney will be able to validate on your behalf, depending on many factors like your industry, location, the business's financial health, and so on. However, to teach you the fundamentals behind this part of the criteria, you will need to meet the e-visa requirements. Below, I will teach you what work best for quickly finding commercial space, even though we have zero U.S. credit. Okay, you have to do this all on your business. Remember, as a side note, on the B1, you do not have a social security number. In Canada, they call it an SIN. You don't have a social security number. You could get something called an ITIN, which is, you know, it would be valid, but you don't have any credit. That's the thing about the U.S. It's you can't have a build any credit as a visitor. It's extremely difficult to convince property management companies, especially the large ones, to, uh, to lease space without credit. Additionally, I gave you a short list below of online platforms trendy here in the U.S. You can make job postings and attempt to find employees in the area you plan to develop and grow your business. Note, you should be aware of these platforms even if you plan on purchasing and investing in an existing business that has employees and is operational and profitable. Often, when a change of management occurs within a company, employees may feel as if that's the moment they too should move on as the last owner did. And you need to be aware of these U.S.-based platforms so you can search for new hires if you need to. Stop your brain for looping with loopnet.com. I think you would agree with me when I say that online platforms are very efficient in finding 
what you're looking for. Canadians are familiar with platforms like Amazon, Airbnb, and Uber. But as someone who has had a hard time navigating real estate searches in Canada, I admit when that request for additional evidence from the USCIS asked us to, to provide copies of office lease agreements, I felt a slight tinge of anxiety. The experience in Canada in previous years searching for spaces flashed back in my mind. The feeling of worry quickly wore off when I discovered loopnet.com, L-O-O-P-N-E-T.com, the most accessible site to search for business real estate. I knew we were in a race against that 60-day timer to respond to the RFE from the USCIS, and I also knew that we were looking for something specific that we could not find for the first four weeks. We were fortunate enough to find one space with a short driving distance from our home in Orange County. Because the property management company was not a large conglomerate like Regis, for example, they understood our no-credit dilemma. As a result, they agreed to commit to a three-year contract with only a three-month deposit, not a 12-month deposit. That saved us a ton of cash up front. Most property management companies ask for a one-year's worth of deposit, like I said, so winner, winner, chicken dinner. I would highly recommend that you begin your search on loopnet.com even while you're still in Canada because it will take you some time to convince a property management company, even a small one, to rent a space to you, especially if you're starting from scratch like we did. Here's the website again, www.loopnet.com. I'm sure they might have an app, but either way, that's the website, loopnet.com. Take advantage of open hiring season. Even as I write this book, and we are entering the last quarter of 2021, there is a huge demand for employees, but equally a significant demand for great employers. In the middle of 2020, when everything was either shut down or restricted in many parts of the U.S., before we were allowed to hire remote workers, we were pretty much stuck with a local pool of prospects, a very tiny pool. Look, I'm happy that the USCIS now allows the owners who operate e-visa companies to hire remote workers if the job positions are appropriate for that kind of employment. So in our case, we can employ American workers to work in our online business who live anywhere in the U.S., not just people that live within a commuting distance of our head office. And another thing that I'm going to go off script here, you as a E2 business owner, you can also hire people from Canada, okay, So let's say you come to the United States and let's say you start a an Amazon business, like either an e-commerce business, even a construction business, anything under an E2. The there is a rule where you don't have to hire just American workers, but you also can hire people from what's called the treaty country. So. Canada and America, they're treaty countries to one another. So not only can you hire people from the United States, you can also hire people that are qualified from in Canada. They can receive a need to and then come work for you in the, in the U.S. I have to keep my advice to you, General, because I don't know what business you're in. You could be in retail, commercial, or even industrial. But there are many different options for you to find employees in the U.S. In a similar fashion to scroll. Uh, searching for business office space, I recommend you familiarize yourself with the following platforms. Glassdoor.com. This is an extremely popular platform where you can upload job postings in any given area of the U.S. and people can apply for your open positions. 
Suppose you're unsure of exactly which town or city you will decide to live and grow a business here in the U.S. In that case, I recommend you create job postings in multiple locations and conduct pre-interviews from Canada with applicants on Zoom or whatever video platform you prefer. And this will allow you to get a feel for the market in each area. Here are three additional popular job search websites in the U.S. that you should utilize. And by the way, you're going to show this as evidence to the United States consulate when you go to your interview that you've been trying to look for, uh, you know, employees. Indeed.com, ZipRecruiter.com, and SimplyHire.com. If I were you, I would start familiarizing myself with these four platforms. Facebook. In previous chapters, I suggested that you join local Facebook groups in the cities you're interested in living in, and I do recommend you do the same for this purpose. Facebook also has a very easy-to-use job posting section that is much more popular here in the U.S. than Canada. Chances are you're a Facebook user, and by joining these groups in the area you plan on living and operating in a business in, you will be able to learn about that city and also look for future employees. Take advantage of the network effect on Facebook because many people will see your posts. And if they do not need a job, there's always a possibility some of them will tag in people they know who are. Note, I use this notion of people, places, and things to focus on what we need to do to appease the entrepreneur visa criteria and requirements. I purposely left out the things part because whether it is marketing dollars you need to invest into your new business or furniture you need to purchase for that new office, that will naturally work itself out. But you certainly need to focus primarily on hiring humans and committing to leasing a space for your business to operate out of even before you apply for that visa. This is one of those catch-22 things with applying for an e-visa. You can't just have money in your new business account ready to invest. You must have some sort of skin in the game, business space lease, and at least an employer or two under contract before you even apply. This will help you meet the criteria that the USCIS and the consulate are looking for when you become irrevocably committed to your business before you apply for a visa.